River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. We're two best buddies who love talking about the 49ers, and we're here again on another Victory Monday. Uh, by the way, James, say hello before I forget to introduce you again. <laughs> What's up, Niner Nation? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm such. I'm in, I'm in such a glow from Victory Monday. I almost forgot to introduce my co-host. But anyway, <laughs> we stomped the Panthers in Carolina to a tune of 37 to 15 it was a defensive uh just powerhouse performance from them again they did phenomenal uh offensively we looked a little bit better um i still would use the word streaky personally but jimmy didn't turn the ball over he only took two sacks uh our running game with a brand new piece just fresh onto the team he he Tevin Coleman, he already looks like a phenomenal compliment to Jeff Wilson. Take a little bit of the pressure off of him since we're clearly never going to use Marlon Mack at this rate. And we don't want to use um, Mason at all. But um, but no, it was I mean, I can't I can't complain that much when we have uh, a victory, even though we do have a little bit of a rash of injuries that we now get to worry about going into Atlanta. Um, we can get more into that in a second. But um, but no, I mean, I. I'm happy, but I'm also a little, a little concerned. It doesn't seem like any of the injuries are going to be like that long term, except for one in particular. But um, again, we'll dive into that. I'm trying to be happy, James. We won the game. Uh, what did you think watching this? Well, as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is. I mean, Carolina is a bad team, and the 49ers did what you're. If you're a good team what you're supposed to do to bad teams and the fact that this is on the road and how well, how dominant they were. Um, it's hard to really complain. Um, you know, nitpicking, there might be some nitpicking you need to do, but the defense was outstanding again, showing why they're basically, you know, in our eyes, the number one defense in the league. Um, and, you know, the offense, yeah, it was streaky, but, you know, they scored 30 points, you know, against the Panthers, which is going on the road on the Panthers. That's what you're supposed to do. That's they they won a game that they were supposed to in a dominating fashion. And we should all be happy about that. You know, minus the injuries, it's, you know, victory Monday. We should all be excited because the 49ers, you know, to go out on the road and take a take an opponent down and not have it even be close says something about this team and says something about the resolve of this team uh, and the fact that hey we're good to go you know we're ready you know we're gonna we're gonna go on a run and I think you know looking at the way it is now um, you know they're they're in a good spot to you know go on a run here and. Uh, you know, go on to a division title. I, I sure hope so. Uh, we are currently atop of the division, like, formally. Like, we were the only NFC West team to win. So we're 3-2, and two, and everyone else is 2-3. and three. It's us, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. I feel like I had that way, way wrong last week, so I apologize if anybody noticed that. But, uh, but yeah, us, the Rams, the Cardinals, Seahawks, 
Um, all of them lost except for us. And way to note, thank you, that w- the offense scored 30 points because defensively, uh, E-Man Emmanuel Mosley uh, had an awesome pick six. That ball from Baker Mayfield sailed on him, went right into Mosley, and he took it to the house. It was his home, uh, his homecoming as well, so that was awesome for him, even though um, he did leave the game injured, pretty catastrophically injured too. But um, but no, our our defense, I checked our rankings because uh, tonight's Monday game uh, doesn't really matter that, that much um, in terms of that. We're still number one overall yards. We're still number one in points. Both of those by a pretty substantial margin. We are the number two passing defense, um, or no, number three passing defense, but... Literally, the Bills and the Packers are ahead of us, and there's less than two yards between the two of them. It's like we're one yard away from the Bills and like 0.2 yards away from the Packers, something like that. It's so close. Um, And then we're still uh, second in the running game. So, no, statistically, we're still the best defense in the league. Yeah, we handle our business perfectly well. Uh, you guessed it right. For the last two weeks, we've been playing with four backs, two linebackers, and four defensive linemen, and it's worked wonderfully for us. Um, I just, I guess, if I want to do the nitpicky thing, um, I just, I couldn't get out of my head. Just Jimmy, maybe still needs a little bit of acclimation. Um, he, the the one stat that really stood out to me was he only connected with Debo twice on nine pass attempts to him. Right, like. One of them was a clear drop, and I I should have gotten a picture of that on my phone because Debo makes this smile where he's just like, it was in my hand, and I just <laughs> let it fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like, it's just streaky, streaky Jimmy G still. And luckily, there was, like, two or three passes that a, a better defense would have picked off. Like, he definitely should have thrown at least one, if not two picks during the game. I, I personally can't ignore that, but... You mean like the jump, the chuck and duck and chuck that he threw to Tevin Coleman on the sideline, like as the blitz was in his face and oh god, as, as his arm getting hit. Like, what would have happened if his arm didn't get hit? Like, that would have been an incomplete pass. Like, like it, it was, it was, you know, it was typical Jimmy G not throwing the ball away. You know, I got a guy one on one, and I'm just. I'm going to duck and chuck. I'm just going to throw it down and hope for the best. And luckily it didn't bite him in, in the, uh, in the ass because that could, I mean, that's if you can't live off of that. He overthrew Danny Gray so bad on one pass too. I was shocked. They didn't pick it off. Like if it was maybe because it was so overthrown, but like they, I don't know. He just, it it happens every now and then. Like this is the this is the cost of having Jimmy G. Like, but he did a, he did enough. That's the thing with Jimmy that Kyle constantly has to do is not get him into a shootout, which fortunately he wasn't. Like the only time I've seen him in shootouts that went well was last year in Week uh, 17 against the Rams, and then that obviously that Saints game. But, like, the, the goal is to not get Jimmy into a shootout so he doesn't throw Aaron passes like that. Because we see, even in a game that is wholly in our control, he still is just up and down. And yeah. Then, I mean, he didn't get a lot of help here and there, like, when Kittle fumbled the ball or Debo dropped the ball. But 
but to the same token, it's it's when it hits, it hits. Like Juwan Jennings killed it on that yard on that run after catch. Uh, he was throwing into tight windows uh, to success every now and then. Like uh, the touchdown to Debo, that was a phenomenal pass. That was just a boom boom, and it was a tight coverage on him too. Like Debo just managed to out muscle that guy. But um, I don't know. Overall, we did have a enough success in the run game. And uh, like I said, Tevin Coleman meshed so well. He did play with the team uh, in 2019 uh, when we went to the Super Bowl. So maybe it wasn't that hard for him. Uh, plus he had preseason with the Jets before they let him go. But uh, Tevin Coleman had eight carries for 23 yards and three catches for 44 yards, including that 30-yard bomb and a touchdown uh, and a rushing touchdown too. I mean, like, Oh my God, what a relief this is for Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson was able to take his 17 carries for 120 yards in his own touchdown. Like, yeah. holy, holy crap. Like, I, I mean, it is the Panthers, sure, but the Panthers' defense is not, like, that bad. So I don't know. I, 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 hope, this, I hope Tevin doesn't come crashing down to earth is all, I guess, when we go to Atlanta next week. Because <laughs> we well, kind of need I, him. Well, <clears throat> you know, this is, this is the formula that that has been going on for the past couple of years for the 49ers, you know? And, you know, we, I think we talked about it last week, like with Jimmy, you just need somebody who's not going to turn, turn the ball over, um, you know, not make Aaron passes too much, you know, you get a lead and you trust your defense to hold on to the game. And, you know, we talked about this, you know, defenses today are 17 points, you know, that's don't give up any more than 17 points. And the 49ers defense comes through again, only giving up 15 points. And only uh, one of the only six of those points were from a touchdown, too, by the way. Exactly. Just just, re, just remember to remind you, I forgot that we we continued our streak of no touchdowns in the first quarter. I was I, I was flabbergasted that um I completely missed that. It was no touchdowns in the whole first half of five consecutive games. No touchdown, only field goals. Yeah, it's a it's a great defense. It really it really really is. And you know, they just they just have so much success. You know, um, taking you know taking out people's offenses, and they've shown week in and week out that hey, you know, we're gonna we're going to stop you, you know, and if our offense can just score enough points, we're going to win the game. And, you know, we came into this season hoping that Trey Lance was going to be the guy that he was going to throw for a million yards and, you know, really take this offense to the level that, you know, Shanahan wants it. But unfortunately that didn't happen. We have Jimmy G we got the strength of the defense, man, and we've seen this. We've seen this formula before, you know, take you to the Super Bowl, you know, against the Chiefs, and you know, Jimmy, Jimmy just needs to manage the game, make his passes, and I think, you know, this defense is a championship caliber defense. Like it's almost we talked about it last week too. It's almost a generational defense. It's so close to being a generational defense that, uh, you know, that it could definitely, it definitely has the formula and the players and the depth that'll take you 
all the way. So the fact that your offense puts up 30 points should be a really good sign. What's the re- I don't even know what the rest of the schedule looks like anymore. Like what's the we uh, you know. I'm pulling that up right here um uh, because I mean it's kind of it's kind of up and down. Um we're obviously in Atlanta, uh so we're spending the week in West Virginia. Uh we've been doing that quite a bit um recently with Kyle uh because we've managed to get back-to-back East Coast games a few times. So he found this little nook in West Virginia, this resort that he likes to keep everybody there so we don't have to go all the way back to California and then go all the way back to the East Coast. So we're we're hanging out in West Virginia before we go south to Atlanta. Uh, we fly home to host the Chiefs, and then we're basically at home, even though it's at L.A. Rams. Our Rams games are done before November, by the way, just – wrapping my head around that it feels like we just played the rams and that rams that rams game is going to be a home game we all know that that. like the Rams game is going to be a home game for us i mean it's a home game for anybody who goes and plays there like the visiting team is the home team in la like doesn't matter if they're playing the chargers or the rams the visiting team is always the home team in la right and funny enough you say that we're going to be at the rams and then after that, uh, we host the Chargers, a legit home game. And that's on Sunday Night Football. Then we go to uh, Stadium Azteca to play the Cardinals. Uh, and that counts uh, schedule-wise as an away game. So when we play them again, we're going to be at home. Uh, then it's the Saints, uh, Dolphins, Buccaneers, that three-game home stretch. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, Christmas Eve against the Commanders at home, uh, at the Raiders, and then uh, home for the Cardinals again. So, I mean, really where the where everybody stands now, the Chiefs really stand out to me. The Rams stand out to me. So, after Atlanta, like, I hope some of these uh, non-IR injuries, uh, like Trent Williams and uh, Elijah Mitchell, hopefully we can get some of those pieces back. Chargers, I'm not super worried about. Um, the Cardinals, I am, just because it's the Cardinals. And then, I don't know. The Saints could be annoying, but I don't see why we can't beat them. The Dolphins, depending on whose quarterback, is going to decide if we beat them or not. Because if it's not Tua, we're probably going to win. Well, the Bucks, the Bucks are in shambles. The the Seahawks are in shambles. The Commanders are in shambles. The Raiders are in shambles. We could have a four game winning streak between uh, December 11th and New Year's Day. Well, I mean, I think, I think you know, with I think you guys are in the Rams' head for whatever reason during the regular season. So we got we got that. I, I watched the Cardinals yesterday, um, you know, and they, you know, they played my Eagles. Their defense probably tougher than what I thought it was going to be. Like you know, I I didn't expect them the Cardinals' defense to be so stuck so tough, but the Cardinals. Offensively, you know, they didn't have much to offer. Like I, you know, I wasn't, you know, yeah, they they put up 17 points, but at the same time, I wasn't impressed by it. And you know, I think you guys have played them enough to know that you need somebody who can, you know, just keep Kyler Murray from running around, and you let. You try to all you got to do. I think the formula to be Kyler Moore, Murray is don't let him run, don't let him make plays with his feet, and make a pass. And like, well, he's I, gonna have DeAndre Hopkins back by the time we play him in Mexico. Yeah, I mean that could change 
the offense, you know, but it's also, I mean, I just think they're on a down spiral, um, you know, because they don't have a good coach. Their offense is sputtering. It depends on DeAndre Hopkins, and that's it. Zach Ertz, you know, uh, is pretty much, he doesn't look like the offensive juggernaut that he was with the Eagles. You know, I think the defense, um, the defense is really good for the Cardinals. And I see a defensive struggle coming in in that Cardinals game, like between the Niners and the and the Cardinals. And, you know, I think DeAndre Hopkins couldn't make a difference, but we, we have Traverius Ward now, you know? And oh my tra- God, Ward versus Ward versus Hopkins. I cannot wait to see, man. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. You know, and you know, Hopkins didn't get a preseason. He's been off for God knows how long. You know, I think he's going to have a little rust for that game. And Traverius Ward, I think, is going to school him, and it's going to be a defensive battle. I think the 49ers come out on top of that battle because the Cardinals. I mean. Like, there was a wide... I mean, Kyler Murray had a wide-open Zach Ertz, and he just let the ball sail. Like, busted coverage. Isaiah Scott, who's our backup uh, corner nickel, or nickel corner, um, basically missed the coverage. Zach Ertz is wide open from the hash to the sideline. All he's got to do is just make the throw. He had an, he had a, He had a clear pocket... All he had to do was just make the throw, and he overthrows Zach Ertz in a crucial part of the game. And Kyler Murray, um, you know, a lot was made about his contract and the fact that he doesn't study film and things like that. And looking at him play, you know, in Arizona at home, you know, like, I don't see it. I don't. I really don't see it. I, you know, I don't see why you know people can be so high on him, and you know why he's sort of demanded to be the highest paid quarterback. Like, I don't. I don't see it. You know. Well, later and, down the line too, Cliff Kingsbury just forgets how to coach, so that's in our favor too. That we're going to be in the back half of the season by then. So. Well, I think he's forgetting how to coach now. You know, I. I honestly do. I honestly do. Like. You know, because I don't know if anybody saw the end of that Cardinals-Eagles game, but, you know, I talked about it with Dan at the end. But Kyler Murray was taking the team down the field in their two-minute drill, no timeouts whatsoever. Now, even if there's no timeouts and the clock is running, you still got a headset on, right? You still have a headset on, and it goes off as soon as the play is dead, and you can talk to your quarterback, Right. So at the end of the 49ers or not at the end of the Cardinals Eagles game the, the Cardinals are driving down they're in field goal range they have it's a second and 11 or a second and 10 okay and basically you know they're in pretty decent field goal range Kyler Murray scrambles gets to 1 yard away from the first down because he slides so it's third and 1 now where is Cliff Kingsbury saying to Kyler Murray, hey, don't spike the ball. We can run a play. We got 22 seconds left, and then you can spike the ball. Instead, 
Kyler Murray spikes the ball. It goes from third and one to fourth and one, and they got to kick a field goal to try and tie the game instead of try, instead of running a play. You know, Cliff Kingsbury could have easily been in there and said, you didn't make the first down. You only got one yard to go. Let's get a play in real quick, make the first down, and then spike it. But, you know, you could blame that on the player. You could blame that on the coach. You could blame that on both. But obviously, you know, something's going wrong there that, you know, you should be aware of, whether you're a quarterback or whether you're a coach. So the Cardinals, I don't I don't think their offense is really that good. And with DeAndre Hopkins, you got Traverius Ward. I think we're going to school them. I think, I think like, our defense is going to, to hold their offense and it's going to be a defensive battle. And because they still, I mean, you know, they were getting pressure uh, against Jalen Hurts. The Cardinals were. And so I think, I think it's going to be a defensive battle, but we'll see. But I don't, I'm not, I mean, as a 49ers fan, I wouldn't be scared of the Cardinals, even if it's recent history. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not scared of the Cardinals. No, it's it's going to be a home game because we have a pretty decent foot in Mexico, and then we're playing them at home for real for the second game. So we got really, really lucky with that. Um, but segueing back to this game where we did hold them very well, I I have such high praise for this defense, like always. I mean, I, I don't want to harp too much on the offense. That's why we're moving on from them. Jimmy didn't turn the ball over. It's good enough, and we scored 30 points. On the other side of that, though, we sacked Baker Mayfield four times and then P.J. Walker in garbage time. We still sacked him two times with just our backups because when he came out, only our backups came out. Uh, so we sacked six total times. We held them offensively under 300 total yards. They scored one touchdown and the rest was all field goals. Uh, we held Chris, Christian McCaffrey... Um, their best player, we still let their best player, no matter who we play, reach 100 yards one way or another. I I don't know why or how, but um, I don't know. I was really, really impressed overall still with these guys. Um, we, uh, I, I, I was just, I'm probably going to buy a Ward jersey eventually just because I even saw this morning on KNBR because I, uh, I follow them even though I'm nowhere near broadcast range for them. They put up a highlight reel of every single pass breakup that Charvarius Ward had because he was, I think he was shadowing Robbie Anderson most of the game. And, I, and he broke up at least three or four passes and they were all beautiful. Um, notwithstanding, of course, Emmanuel Mosley's pick six being the real highlight of the game. Um, but unfortunately, he's part of this injury list that we got to talk about. Um, we, we had a lot of injuries happen. Uh, first off, Jimmy Ward, our safety, we just got off of IR, broke his hand in the first series of the game. So on how this impacts the team, we've kind of already been without him up to this point. So, I mean, it sucks that he's still not going to be out there for a little bit, but it's yet to be decided if he's going to play club hand like uh, like a JPP did with the Bucks and the Giants, uh, or if he's going to actually, like, I don't know. We're still we're still waiting to hear what's going to happen with him. Uh, our kicker. Uh, here's another thing to gripe about. Our special teams could not hold back the returner to save our lives. So Robbie Gould took not one but two hits from him at full speed. Imagine me five nine and super skinny, but six two or however tall he is, 
and almost closer to 40 than 30, getting hit by a 20-some-year-old dude at full speed twice, I was amazed he only had a knee bruise. So we're going to have to take a kicker on Lee's because there's no way Robbie's going to be ready for next week. Nick Bosa has a tight groin, and uh, lest we all forget, a groin injury is what ended his Ohio State tenure. So he knows more than anybody if he can tell that it's starting to like get to a point where he might like pull it or make it more than just like I'm sore. So I don't know. I hope I hope it's uh, a lot of rest. And if he doesn't think it's worth pushing it against Atlanta, because we're going to be on turf again. If he doesn't think it's worth it, I mean, I would say listen to him. I think we need him for much more important games down the stretch than Atlanta. And I, I haven't studied Atlanta, but I can't imagine that Bosa. I mean, he's a game wrecker. It's going to be notable if he's gone. But I think you need to play the long game when it comes to Bosa. If he has to set out another game, just go ahead and let him. If there's a game that we can have him sit this season, Atlanta's not a bad one to pick. Yeah. But the really notable injury, obviously, is Mosley. Mosley tore his ACL right at the end of the game in the fourth. It, I think it was the fourth quarter. Yeah, on that uh, deep pass where he almost intercepted it and fell really weird, and that was it. His ACL went away. Yeah, the receiver, like, rolled up on his ankle on accident. Like, it was clearly not malicious. It was just horrible luck. And, yeah, I I was hoping it was just an ankle injury, but um, because the way he got up, I thought it was just an ankle injury. But, no, full ACL tear. God, this sucks for him because – now, who knows what kind of contract he's going to get. He's a contract that we have to worry about this offseason. Um, who knows what he's going to get paid. Uh, I mean, maybe we can retain him on, like, a prove-it deal, or someone's going to take a flyer on him. He's But he's not going to get paid this offseason, and he was going in a trajectory to be one of the best cornerback free agents available. Um, and now that leaves a hole in our secondary, because he had such great chemistry with, with Mooney Ward. He and him they were anchoring this best secondary in the league. I'd, I say, I don't care about two yards. We were one of the best secondaries in the league along with uh, Gibson and Hufunga. And now we got to figure out who's going to go out there. Assuming we don't have a miracle signing, like we lucked out with Gibson. Um, I mean, just looking at the roster, the, my gut reaction, my gut theory is that, we're going to take Lenore out of the nickel and put him outside. And then we're going to put Womack in at nickel. That's at least what Mike gut thinks. Um, Cause Avery Thomas, for some reasons, just not been on the field this year. And he was a starter for a majority of last year. No, he wasn't phenomenal, but he held his own more times than not. He was a rookie for Christ's sake. Like, of course he's going to get burnt every now and then, but, but I don't know. Thomas isn't out there and they like Lenore better. So I don't, I don't see why Lenore wouldn't get the first nod to go out there. Womack's definitely not going to go out there. Like, Womack, they've had play exclusively on the inside, so, I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I don't see Womack going out there. I think it'll be Lenore and then Womack in there, and then, I don't know, maybe they'll sprinkle in Thomas, but I'm not expecting that. Um, and I say that because, here's the other part of my theory, just like I think they'll hold out Bosa, depending on how he feels during practice. I would not be surprised if they held out uh, Jason Verrett one more week. He came back to practice like Jimmy Ward did this week, but they opted not to play him. I 
feel like strictly because Atlanta, well, is Atlanta. They're feisty, but they're not terrible. I think they're going to withhold Verrett one more week and save him for Kansas City when we go back home and play on grass. And then if Verrett even plays 75% as good as he did back in 2020, I mean, really, that's that's not going to be that big a drop-off from Mosley, really, because Verrett was a surprise snub from the Pro Bowl. Like, he graded, I remember he graded as, like, the 7th or 8th eighth best coverage corner in the league in 2020 well i have i have one you, what about is you is tart still on the roster or is um, he still out there unsigned tart's still out there uh i don't know if we'd want to sign him as a corner um just because he always played safety like uh i can't i always mix up which one but it would always be him and ward and Ward would be the one that comes up. So Ward would be more like Hufunga, and he played safety, stayed back, more like what Gibson's doing. So I don't know if they are entertaining that idea of bringing him in, like, as an outside corner, because he never really... He's good at deep coverage like a safety's supposed to, but in terms of, like, straight-up just, like, man coverage, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on signing Tart. Um, okay, I because I forgot what position that he played, and I know he was on the Eagles for a little bit, but we cut him, and I didn't know if he was still out there. I, I didn't. He's know. he's still out there. I think we're gonna try to stay young and keep Verrett and Ward. Like, just they'll be the, well in Verrett too. He's not young either, but I I don't know. I'm not envisioning us entertaining bringing in Tart because no, he's not a natural corner. Like, you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. So. But I mean, that's just my theory. I mean, I don't know if you. Um, I, I mean, have a confident theory. I don't have a confident theory. That that was my one. If I want to talk about renting a kicker, though, you said that you're gonna have to rent a kicker. Oh yeah, there's no way. I that I will be willing to bet money on too. Is that Gould is just inactive this week? There's no way. It's his planter foot, and if it's I, he's old. He took two really big hits. I I'd be shocked if they let him play this week. Well. Do I have a kicker for you? Uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker. Uh, he just came in for the Eagles on spot duty because Jake Elliott uh, had an injury. He's not on it, IR. He's not on IR. They, I mean, people have already been saying, like, you know, this is going to be the one, the best one-day Eagle wonder that we've ever had because he literally came in made two extra points, made two field goals, one with the game on the line and closing in the last two minutes of the quarter. And when you look at his history and some of the big kicks that he's made in big games, I just can't believe he was even on a practice squad. Like, I just... like How long was he on your practice squad? Or did you just, like, sign him off the street for one week? We signed him off the street to the practice squad, and then we signed him from. The, we moved him up from the practice squad to the roster this week when we found when we heard a definite award. And this is, you know, John. If John Lynch is a lot like Howie Roseman, I mean, I I do believe that. I think they're good at building rosters. I think they're good at building teams. And like that's one thing Howie Roseman has been able to do. Jake Elliott was a practice squad player that's now our permanent kicker, and he made big field goals and. He picked up another guy. Well, if you research Cameron Dicker, the kicker, and some of his college kicks, I mean, he he played for Texas. I think he had a 
couple of big ones and a couple of big games. One against Oklahoma was one, and you know Texas Tech, you know a rival, like just. And so, you know, if I was John Lynch, I'd be, you know, I'd be asking, I'd be asking Howie Roseman, how's Jake Elliott doing this week? Because I want to sign your kicker up, off the practice squad. And all you'd probably have to offer him is like a, just a veteran's minimum. Like, well, I mean, not even like you would just have to match whatever you gave him for the practice squad. Cause there's no like minimum or maximum. We just have to see what you paid him for the week and match it or do better. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, he's, he'd be a good pickup. Let's just say that if you need spot duty uh, for a kicker and you want a guy that's made big kicks and things like that, don't be surprised if Jake Elliott is going to be healthy uh, for the Eagles against in the Cowboys game to where Cameron Dicker ends up back on the practice squad. And if I was John Lynch, I'd be... I'd be try. I'd be hoping that he goes on the practice squad because it's surprising that this guy isn't on an NFL team. Like it's just, it really is surprising. When you think of like the Cardinals had a backup kicker in, and that guy, you know, was even in practice he was pulling right. Cameron, I, I, you know, there's where John Lynch should look, and you know, and you know, if you, you know, Gold is getting up there. Gould is getting up there. He's he's been in the league for almost twenty years now, if I think right. Like he, uh, oh, he's even older than I thought. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, thirty nine, and he's been in the league since uh, with the Bears in 05. Yeah. So yeah, he's been in the league for seventeen years, right? Now, that's if I was John Lynch, I'd be waiting. I'd just be waiting patiently for Jake Elliott to be healthy and get get Cameron Dicker off the, off the practice squad like i mean he like i think he's he would be your guy you would pick him up off the practice squad and he'd be he just sort of would take over for gold as barring that he doesn't get it in, you know um but, i just actually I mean, looked, i looked up a kicker similar to the same story that you have uh practice squad kicker uh team to team to team to team we even had him very very briefly um uh two years ago i actually just closed the tab on accident um but no uh chase mclaughlin do you know that name no i don't know that name uh well he uh yeah 2019 he came in very very briefly for us when uh robbie gould had a quad injury um he got waived before we made the super bowl but um I remember he was a pretty good kicker, honestly. I or I thought he was, but uh, unfortunately, he just replaced Rodrigo Blankenship on the Colts, and he's permanent kicker for the Colts the rest of the year. I definitely forgot that, so that makes me sad because like, you just made me, you just made me think of him. Just think of kickers on the street. I don't know what all the kicker free agent market is like right now, but um, if your guy was just a placeholder for Elliot, I that's a good idea. Because we definitely well, have a replacement for him. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking him up, um, and he had three gaming winning winning kicks at Texas prior prior to declaring for the draft. Let me see. Um, and he's where did he kick in college again? 
He kicked at Texas. His career, he he lead, he led Texas all time uh, for field goals, sixty. He was sixty of seventy nine. Uh, he was second in all all time in extra points made, two hundred six, and fourth in field goal accuracy at seventy seventy nine point nine percent, which in college, you know, isn't really that bad because of the way the hash marks are. Um, let oh, me see. Those, those are really good stats, honestly. Yeah, and see. He okay, so here's one game winning kick against Kansas in 2019. He nails a walk-off 33-yard field goal to keep number 15 Texas from getting upset by Kansas and escape with a 50 to 48 win. Ugly win, but much yeah, um to get upset by Kansas. So there's one. Uh, he had another one against Kansas State, um, a twenty a twenty six yard attempt with at the end of the game to beat Kansas State, and then um, let's see, and then he had he had a forty yard field goal uh, to beat Oklahoma. It was number seven Oklahoma. In the final seconds of the Texas Oklahoma game, 40 yard attempt. Texas was number 19. Oklahoma was seven. Kicks a 40 yard field goal to win the game. So, if you want and a guy got, that's got. And he's got some game experience now, like a legit, like high, like a, a legit uh, down to the wire game experience. Yeah, high pressure, 43 yard kick on grass. I mean, that's not an easy kick. And he was on grass. And he's the guy. And so, like, you know, if I'm going to scout a guy, I'd be – John Lynch should be on the lookout for this guy because I guarantee – I guarantee if Jake Elliott is healthy, the Eagles are going to stick with Jake Elliott because Jake Elliott is still young enough to still be, you know, on the Eagles roster. Now, so this is where to look. Cameron Dicker, the kicker. And that's where I think that's where I think John Lynch should look. And he'd be a great pickup. Three, I mean, I mean, those are big college football games, you know, against Kansas State, Kansas, and Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, you know, in the Big 12, you know, and it, you know, it was against uh Kyler Murray, too, like <laughs> that Oklahoma game. So I am I'm actually just checking Twitter and the only thing that I can see right now is that uh tomorrow for us listeners whenever you're listening Tuesday the 11th uh an undisclosed amount of kickers will be in West Virginia to uh try out for the team. I I bet we're going to bring in at least four or five kickers. I eh I I'd say four. I wouldn't be surprised if we had four kickers out there all uh all vying for this Admittedly, it's probably going to be one game, maybe two at the most, because it's it's just a knee bruise, and it's on his placing, it's on his place leg, not his actual kicking leg. So I mean, if there's a silver lining to it, it is that like thank God it wasn't the actual kicking foot, and just a uh, well, bitch, you're still our punter, but yeah, Mitch, you are not the answer for. Uh, <laughs> for uh, I mean, I, hey, at least you could say he kicked it so hard, even though it got blocked and went through. Um... Did you hear the commentator when he was like, and the dying goose goes through the uprights? <laughs> yeah, I mean... He, he did fine on kickoffs, though. We can have him do kickoffs, at least. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can have him do kickoffs. And, you know, 
I think, I think, yeah, I think Cameron Dicker is the way to go for your, for Robbie Gould. And, you know, honestly, if, if I was John Lynch, I'd be, I'd be looking at Cameron Dicker to be my long-term answer at kicker. Um, as much as, as much as we love Robbie Gold, I, I mean, it may be time to, you know, pick somebody up. Well, I, I don't know. This is not going to be permanent. Like this was just a, our special teams coordinator is going to be chewing the team out for letting our 39 year old kicker have to make the stop. That's just blown coverage on our end. It's well, you know, we, 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 we were praising the special teams for the first couple of games on this podcast, but you know, this is, you know, this is the second field goal that's been blocked, right? Yeah, this uh, is, yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention that, too. But the block kick, really terrible coverage on uh, their kick returner. Just, this was a very, very uncharacteristically bad game up to this point. Yeah, so the, the special teams didn't look so good. Um, you know, luckily it didn't, it didn't hurt them, but... You know, yeah, Robbie Gold shouldn't be making tackles, that's for sure. You don't want him, you know, having to make two tackles, you know. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're obviously going to try out some kickers. I'd be shocked if we didn't try out some defensive backs as well, even though I don't know how Lenore is going to lose the corner job, at least for right now in Atlanta. Um I mean, but we're going to see, hope none of these other injuries are that bad. And we've already been dealing with injuries. Uh Trent Williams was practicing, but I'd be shocked if he came back already. I'm sure we're praying that Trent Williams comes back for Kansas City. Elijah Mitchell, just whenever he can, uh, we probably still have another two or three weeks without him, maybe a month at the worst. But none of these injuries are really IR-related, except when Marcel Hurst tore his pec and now Manuel Mosley tore his ACL. So hopefully the offensive line has been holding up okay. Our secondary hopefully holds up the same as well with that. Um, where because our our depth just credit to John Lynch our depth and D'Amico Ryan's just as a defensive coordinator is phenomenal. So I'm not super worried. It is notable though what happened. Uh, I guess the last thing I want to ask about like the game in general uh, is if you have two cents on the the turf versus grass argument because God forbid we it seems like every time we play on turf at least one player gets some sort of awful injury. Again, I mean, this is kind of dated now, but that that stupid, stupid New York Jets game where we had like six starters all go down in one game, even though we still kicked the crap out of the Jets. I mean, do you have any hot take on how you feel about turf versus grass? Well, we're going to turf again because that's what Atlanta has. Have you ever heard of Veteran Stadium? <laughs> I've heard of Veteran what? Stadium, yes. Do you know the lore that is Veteran Stadium and how awful that artificial turf was? I is it or no? Maybe I'm mixing it up. Isn't that where Jimmy Hoffa was allegedly buried? No, that was the uh, old Meadowlands. That's where Jimmy Hoffa was buried. But you know, we all know that Jimmy Hoffa wasn't buried there after seeing the Irishman. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> but anyway, no, the so vet- terrible, terrible, uh, terrible turf at uh, Veterans. Yes, it was so terrible. I mean, literally, you could see second base at the 50-yard line. That's like, so I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm the home team, I like turf. But if I'm the away team, I hate and I play on grass. I don't like playing on turf. You know, I would. You know, it's 
I mean, the veteran stadium was famous for a Redskins game where nine players were injured on the turf, including two quarterbacks. Um, so they had the emergency quarterback, the rare instance an emergency quarterback came in, and what's now known in Philadelphia as the body bag game, right? Because everybody everybody kept getting hurt. And it's lived on in Philadelphia lore, but that's it's turf, man. Turf is bad. I think I for, I heard I could have sworn I heard an announcer either this week or last week say that you know scientists did research and said that artificial turf is the worst surface that you could possibly play on. You know, considering that there's real grass options, there's um, there's the also uh, field turf. There's also field turf, which is like real glass, but it's also turf, so you don't you know. Like, even that's better than actual artificial turf, like the track meets that they had, you know, in the old Metrodome and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I, I'm i a grass guy, you know. Um, you know, if, you know, the if you play on grass at home, you want to play on grass on the road. You don't want to play on turf because you're not used to that field. You're not on that field as often. I mean, turf, like, even in the first game at Veterans Stadium, Somebody was hollering about the turf. The first game, brand new turf. Somebody's like, hey, the back of the end zone's pretty slippery, you know? <laughs> so, like, so turf, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, they should, the NFL should require um, artificial surfaces be banned because they're really not good for the game. They're really not good for player safety. If I were the players, you know, I mean, I sort of, I don't know if I go to battle over it, but, you know, I may put in a talking point like, hey, teams need to stop playing on turf, you know, and. I think it should just be universal, like kind of like what Kyle was saying, because I listened to some of his press conference. Uh, it he he said that it should be uniform, whether it's all turf or it's all grass, just. The inconsistency is the problem. A player gets used to playing on turf. A player gets used and or used to and conditioned to play on grass. And, and and going between the two of them, your body just has to play differently on both of them. So, I personally am a grass guy too because the ground gives way, so your body doesn't. Uh, you don't risk tearing your ACL every time you want to pivot. Like for one example, like, but. Whether it's all turf or it's all grass, I don't care. It, it one or the other. It needs to be all one or the other. So I agree with Kyle there. Um, if it's all if if turf got banned, I'd be just as happy if it was all turf. It just needs to be a uniform consistency because you can have terrible grass too. Look at look at Washington Stadium. They don't take care of that field for crap. It, it, tons of injuries have happened in Washington. Because it's terrible grass. Oh, you say Dan Snyder's a shitty owner. Oh, excuse <laughs> Like, Soldier yeah. Field looked like crap before uh, our game. They didn't. They didn't figure out a way to drain that field worth anything before week one. Like during that monsoon, that was terrible grass. Our grass was terrible when uh, a couple years ago, uh, not too long after we opened. Like our grass was terrible for a while. We figured it out, but Levi Stadium had terrible grass early on. So 
it can be really bad, but turf can be really, really bad too. So again, I would be a grass guy personally. There's no reason a team owner can't figure out uh, the budget for a greensman to take care of grass versus right. the, because you need maintenance on a turf too. Like I just, it's, you would think with how traditionalist this, uh, this league tends to be, it wouldn't be uh, like when they started doing turf, they should have just gone ahead and said all turf for everybody just to make the mandate then. But because now we have this stupid inconsistency where players get hurt because they're not used to going from one to the other to the other. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the league. You physically in the moment have to adjust and it doesn't matter how long a tenured veteran you are. Like it is a change. You want to know why there's turf? What is, what is the reason there's turf? It's cheap. When you want to cheap out, you go with turf. Like, turf was invented for playgrounds. Like, the engineer... For children. For children to be a surface where children could play on, you know, year-round and not muddy up and things like that. It was too expensive to put on playgrounds. But guess what? When you buy it by the hundreds of yards... It's a lot cheaper to put on an NFL stadium than grass. So of course it is. Of course it is. So it's and they it's don't want to pay to rep- they don't want to pay to pull out the the um not pallets but like the the plates of grass for a concert to put a floor in versus pulling out plates of turf. I'm sure that's cheaper too. It's it's all about the dollars when it comes to NFL owners. We've talked about this when it comes to NFL owners. It's about the bottom line. You know, and, you know, I mean, some owners may put it in because, you know, they can have a faster team. And that's what the greatest show on turf was about, is about track meet. But honestly, I, I mean, you got to you, you got I would say you got to stick with grass. That's what's intended to be played on. That's what you should go. But until someone goes out there and either either the players unite and say, we're going to only play on grass, which is not going to happen because it's not really a big sticking point for them to say. Oh, no, there, <laughs> there's so many bigger fish to fry. Than there's the so many bigger condition. fish to fry than field conditions. You know, I mean, the owners are going to be the owners, you know, and one owner is not going to let another owner tell him what he can put on his field, you know. Jerry, uh, that's just, yeah, I, I mean, that's just it. No, no other owner is going to tell another owner you have to play on grass or you have to play on turf. Nobody, do the, nobody's do, gonna, the, do the Patriots play on grass? I just, I just, that came to mind. I believe they do. I believe they have a grass field over at what is their field? Uh, Gillette Stadium. Gillette. I think they have grass. Uh, I can't remember. And that uh, is Gillette Stadium grass. Question mark. Yes, Gillette Stadium is natural grass. And you guys play on grass, too, in Philadelphia, right? We play on grass, too, you know? Okay, and we have grass out, and we have grass in uh, uh, San Francisco, or technically Santa Clara. Um, I won't speak for the Colts, though, because they, as you saw, they have turf. (laughs) I mean, you can put turf in a dome. That's what Arizona does. You know, Arizona puts, you know, um, not turf, but grass in a dome. That's the Arizona Stadium. I was going to say, I swear, I swear they have grass. (laughs) Yeah, they have grass in a dome. Now, so... Yeah, it needs to be uniform. Are we ever going to get it uniform? Probably not, you know, because owners don't like telling another owner 
what they can or cannot do. Like they're just in this little elite club and they just unless they're scraping money off the top where they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they're blaming it all on Bruce Allen, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like we could, we got a fall guy, but so <laughs> we're just going to have to live with the fact that turf, there's turf and there's grass because turf is cheap and, you know, there's no, there's not a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of traditional, there's not a lot of traditional owners who are like, well, you know, we have to play on grass. No, like, it's going to be about the bottom dollar for the most part um, about turf. Right. I agree. And it, no, it's not going to change. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, over there on that turf, I guess. Um, I, I do love that stadium. It's beautiful, but hopefully that turf doesn't send half our roster to IR. So you also, you also, you also want to know what's funny about that stadium. The or no, you tell Falcon. you tell me. The Falcon Stadium has a Chick Fil A in it. Oh no! <laughs> Why? Why? Well, you know. Chick- yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Falcon Wing behind one of the end zones, which is honestly kind of cool. But that's that's hilarious. You put a yeah. Chick Fil A in a football stadium <laughs> that you can only use. If your team, if the Falcons become relevant enough to get on prime time on, on Monday or Thursday night football, that is hilarious. Monday, Thursday night football, Saturday playoff game. You know, like there's only a random, few random in- concerts here and there. Random concerts, like there's only a few instances. Like out, how mad are you if you're if you get hired by the stadium to work at Chick-fil-A. Like that like, is that is hysterical. Like that is I, so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought I remember when that stadium was built as like Pro Football Talk came out about it. Yeah, there's a Chick-fil-A in the Atlanta Stadium. The actual concessions are the cheapest in the in all 32 uh clubs though. They I, I read that Atlanta like it's the it's like four dollar beer and like three dollars like it's legit like affordable concessions if you go see the Falcons. Well, you know, I do like Arthur Blank. Like as an owner, I you know, I you know, I I do I do like Arthur Blank. Um just because he has a deep passion for Atlanta, I think, and you know, will do anything, you know, to put a winner on it. Is he good? No, but I think he, you know, I you know, I think with him, money's no option, assets are no option to get the best team on the field. It's just he has a hard time hiring the people to get the people that they need, you know. He had a good streak I mean, there with uh, Dimitrov at least, but but obviously that kind of fell apart. But Yeah. And you know, you saw he was he was the leader for Deshaun Watson until Cleveland um came in and gave him that out- outrageous deal, you know? So yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, we could. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole another podcast. But yeah, I just realized uh, how long we're actually going, and um, obviously we'll talk a lot about Atlanta next week. Uh, we need to take a moment though before we hear from Jimmy B from our sponsor. 
If you are in the Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in the Rockledge, Florida area, I told Ali how much I wanted to pay for a house, and she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you into a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. 321-698-4692. And that means it's time for Jimmy B's long shots. And I yeah, actually lay it on us, Jimmy B. What do you got? So I'm gonna leave them for the end, but I got two kind of Niners long shots that people may like might like to take. But the uh the first one I'm gonna start off with because one, it's the it just barely meets the requirement of Jimmy V's long shot at plus five hundred, but the Jets are three and two. Brees Hall just went off for nearly two hundred yards from scrimmage. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. They are. <laughs> so uh, right now you can get them for plus five hundred just to make the playoffs. Remember, they're seven teams. That go into the playoffs. Jets are three and two. They could make a run at it, and you could get, you know, you can get five to one on your money for the Jets to make the playoffs. Like no other team at three and two has those odds. So nice, you know, it's not a big long shot, but ten bucks gets you fifty bucks. I mean, that's a win in Jimmy B's long shots for me. I mean, Dan, you know, you throw ten dollars down, you get fifty bucks back. I mean. You say that's pretty good, right? I mean, the Robert Sala experiment seems to seems to finally be turning in the right direction, like what Detroit's hoping, been hoping for with the Dan Campbell experiment. Like, I I, I don't know. I'm still kind of expecting the floor to fall out from them eventually. Like, I being here at three and two after five weeks, I was definitely not calling that. I. It's I I don't know ten bucks to turn to fifty right now no that's not, even, that's not a bad bet and that division honestly is wide open like the the Bills are in it but for the they I don't know the Jets could surprise and be a wild card at this rate the, the there's Dolphins seven are, teams there's seven teams that make the playoffs there could be three teams from the AFC East making the playoffs really between the Dolphins Bills and the Jets like if the Jets honestly keep going the way they're going exactly so. They're the best. They're the best odds, I believe, for anybody who's three and two to make the playoffs. So, go with them if you want a team that just needs to make the playoffs and you want to get a return on a little bit of return on your money. What's, uh, hold on. What's our odds? Because we're three and two. Your odds are way better. I mean, I'm gonna get to where you guys are at. Okay. Um, in the, a way minute. Phrase, the way you phrase that, the, the way you phrase that, I thought I heard that that you said the Jets had better odds than us, and I was like, "Excuse me, we have the number one defense, sir." No, I meant, I meant they're the best long shot odds that you're gonna have. Like that's sort gotcha. of what I'm. Excuse me, I should say they have the best long shot odds because they're the only three and two team that will give you a return, a good return on your money if you just lay down a ten dollar bet. Gotcha. So same page. Yeah, so that's that's what I meant to say. Good catch, Dan. Now, here's an interesting bet. Uh, I went to Bavada's specials, as I like to do. And next head coach to be fired. 
this was posted after Matt Rule, right? Yes, this was posted after Matt Rule. Um, you know, I didn't like the favorites. The favorites are, I forget who the favorites were. Frank Wright uh, has to be one of them. Frank Wright is one of the favorites. Also, Nathaniel Hackett is the favorite. Is the one favorite. and done. Like, he's at minus odds. That's how much he is the favorite. Like, so, but if you want to take a little chance and uh, get in on a long shot that maybe could hit, Ron Rivera is at plus 950. So. Interesting. I'm not going to rebute because he hasn't had that much success. I don't know. That's interesting. That is really interesting uh, firing to ponder. Well, here's another interesting one. Josh McDaniels is at plus 1400. Oh my God. Two one and duns. That's I, if I'm going to pick one, one and done, I would pick I would pick Hackett over McDaniels. Cause I think that Al Davis will give him a mulligan on this one year for McDaniels. I don't know. I don't know how you give Josh McDaniels a pass on it. When you consider the fact they have Derek Carr, who can, you know, who is a decent enough quarterback, and they have Devontae Adams, they have Daryl Waller. Like, that offense should be putting up points and winning games. You got Josh McDaniel, the offensive coordinator guru from the Patriots that it's, like, that the Colts wanted, the Eagles pondered. Like, this guy was supposed to be, like, the real deal. He has Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and you Josh can't. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. I mean, and you can't win games. Like, there's some, you know, if I'm a GM, uh, you know, I don't. Who's their GM? Is it Mike Mayock? They're still their GM? Um, uh, no, Mayock got fired not that long after Gruden. Um, I can't remember his name. But, I mean, like, this, I mean, as an owner, like, this one. This would, you know... Oh, you know, Dave, t- Dave Zeigler, if that's his name. This would tick me off. This would tick me off. And, like, you know, you're about to... I mean, even tonight, this is recording on Monday. In about 12 minutes, they're going to kick off against the Chiefs. If they don't... I mean, the Chiefs defense, is it really that good? I mean, if you don't... If you don't Chiefs, have a... Sh- the Chiefs were number one rush defense, actually, when I checked earlier. They were the only rush defense better than ours, but... Okay. Uh, <laughs> But honestly, honestly, this is this is just the next coach to be fired. Okay. And is is he your Jimmy B long shot? Josh McDaniels, Ron Rivera and Josh McDaniels are Jimmy B's long shots to be the next coach fired. Uh if I was gonna pick one of those two, I would I would pick Josh. I think there's too much goodwill with Ron beating cancer and uh, I I don't know. There's too much. I don't I don't get the feeling at all. I think I think Ron will be on the hot seat next year, but um, I don't know. My gut just doesn't. I don't know. That would be really fascinating to me if. I mean, really, he. You make a fantastic argument. I can't argue with that much. I just something in my gut doesn't think that Josh McDaniels will be a one and done. Maybe a two and done, but. <laughs> I don't know. That's fascinating, though. Yeah, but, I mean, I I think plus 1,400 on Josh McDaniels. I mean, like I said, you don't... Jimmy B's long shots isn't meant for you to bet 
a million dollars on so that you can get $1,400 million or something like that. It's meant to put a small amount of money down and get a big return. And Dan looking, Campbell on that list, actually? Actually, I don't think Dan Campbell was on the list, to be surprised. I think the Lions have shown, even in, in losing tenures, that it, they at least, as long as the team looks like they're still playing for the coach, which I think the Lions, well, after that, that this week, I don't know. But still, like even with Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia was the head coach of the Lions for three years, even though he had two losing seasons the year before. He was the head coach for three years. I think the Lions would be willing to give Dan Campbell another year, even if he was on this list and even if he was a favorite. Like I think they, you know, the Lions, the Lions are so perpetually bad that they don't want to pass up on on a coach that, you know maybe could rebuild, you know, a winner. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was 1-15 in 15 his first year. And that dude won the win sh- two Super Bowls. 1-15 in 15 to right. sh- two Super Bowls. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I was just curious in general if he made the list. Because, like, all the other ones you listed were, like, super, super obvious. Like, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. Frank Reich wasn't number one, honestly. Because he's – I don't care that they beat the Broncos. That game was terrible so terrible to sit through i i would be shocked if frank reich wasn't the the first coach like well, i don't want to jinx sorry he's plus he's plus 500 frank reich i don't want to jinx the long shot like for some lucky payout but i my guts t- he should be negative really i think i unless they manage to go on like a 12 game winning streak to close out the season. Like I, I, this is going to be Frank's last year. That was such an ugly win. And the way yeah. that they've lost when they have lost, I I really don't know. I, I think Ballard's going to be okay. I, I think he's got enough goodwill that he'll stay, but Ballard, if no Ballard's gone, you think Ballard's really going to be gone with him? Yeah. The Carson Wentz trade, giving up another one draft pick for Carson Wentz. Like, and just and then trading for a washed up match, Ryan and giving up more assets for a washed up quarterback. Like like no, I don't no, I don't I don't see him staying. I don't fair, think it's a it's a fair point. I can't I can't argue that. I mean that's that is a good enough reason. It is a good enough reason, really, like despite I I'm mean, just he, a, he does draft he does draft very well, but your franchise quarterback you whiffing on the quarterback like three years in a row between uh God, rivers, rivers Wentz, Wentz, and, now, and ryan. now ryan yeah like especially like you know who's who came out of the out of the i mean you look at the draft and three years ago who was in the draft you had the you had, 2019 draft yeah, the 2019 draft. What quarterbacks came out of the 2019 draft? Like, Hertz came out of there. Uh, Burrow was out of that one. I'm just going to look at the first rounds and make this kind of quick. Uh, Murray was first. Bosa was second, but that's defensive end. Uh, Kyler Murray was the first quarterback. Daniel Jones was second. Uh, jury's pretty much decided on him. Dwayne Haskins, RIP, he was third. Um, Hertz and- came out of that draft, though, right? Uh, not the first round. Second uh, round. Let me see. My God. Uh, Debo got picked before the next quarterback. Drew Locke, he was uh, 42nd. Uh, we all know what happened to him. 
trying to be clipboard guru for Geno Smith. Uh, oh my God, really? Not a lot of quarterbacks came out of the 2019 draft. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, oh my God, now I'm curious because I'm just flying through this list. Uh, Will Breyer was pick 100 in the third round. Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley was only in the 2019 draft? So there's 2018. Look at the 2018 draft because that's when Frank Wright got hired. Was the 2018 season after well, we Josh? Still had, we still had Andrew Luck though. Oh, did you? In yeah, 2018. Andrew, yeah, Andrew Luck. Um... I mean, and that's. I mean, the thing about it is he couldn't build an offensive line to keep Andrew Luck upright to throw a pass. You know. Yeah, 2018 was Andrew Luck's last year. And then, yeah, no, we got the offensive line after that. <laughs> so, no, we wouldn't have been looking for a quarterback now, but 2018 was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Um, so when Jalen Hurts got – he was in 2020, right? Uh, he must have been. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. 2020, this is – yeah, duh. Let's do math, James. Yeah, that would be – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2020 was Jalen Hurts. Who else came out? Joe Burrow came out that year. Oh God, yeah, uh, Joe. Do they call no? Not Joe Cool. That's <laughs> that. Uh, what do they call him? Uh, Joe. What's his nickname out in Cincinnati? I can't remember. Is it Joe Sigs? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow was first. Then Tua and Justin Herbert went back to back. Um, and then no quarterback for a while until Jordan Love at twenty six. And. Oh my goodness. It kind of Jalen hurts 53rd overall uh, round number two. Yeah. So you had, you had Burrow to Herbert and hurts in that draft, you know, and here you are going with Phillip rivers, you know, that's the year, right? That's the year they went with Phillip rivers. Yeah. Here's who we did pick though. Cause we only, we didn't have a first round pick. We did have two second rounders though. And we turned them into Michael Pittman jr. And Jonathan Taylor. All right. Maybe he does draft well, but I mean, I, I told you he's not a terrible drafter. <laughs> I don't he whipped, know. He, he whipped a couple picks, but I mean that 2020 draft alone, your first two picks kind of make up for whoever else is behind them. Really? The league leading rusher, his second year in the league. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did he hire? I mean, he hired Frank Wright, though. He's the guy that hired Frank Wright. Uh, yeah, it happened that sequentially. Yeah, all right. I I assume he did, but well, I he Josh after the 2017 season after the Eagles win the Super Bowl, Josh McDaniels is set to be the Colts coach. You know, this is the guy that wanted to hire Josh McDaniel, and this is the guy that hired Frank Wright. You know. Plus the Carson Wentz trade, I you know, I mean you can draft well all you want the players around, but you still need the one position that's the most important position. You need to hit at, you know. Yeah. And you need you know the the band aids that they've had for the last three seasons because they don't want to be in a rebuild mode. Well, it's gonna come and bite them back in the butt. I mean, you know, you could have easily. I mean, without. Without giving up, I mean, they gave up a number one for Carson Wentz. The one that they could have used for Wentz, they could have put it in a package for Herbert. They could have put it in a package. I mean, they probably weren't going to get Burrow because Cincinnati was dead set oh, on no. drafting Burrow. 
They but, gave Burrow the playbook before they drafted him. No, that was <laughs> they were dead set on drafting Burrow. But there's Tua. There was Tua. There was uh, you know Herbert. Like you could. I mean, anybody will pick up the phone if you make them a big enough offer. You got to have the cojones to do it. Just you know, building safe, taking safe picks and things like that. The reason why John Lynch gave up three draft picks. For Trey Lance, the reason why the Broncos gave up three number one draft picks for Russell Wilson, the reason why people give up these draft picks is because you have to hit the quarterback position. So anyway, we're on a tangent about this guy. Yeah, I'm you're done not, talking. You're not. You're not wrong though. That's what you got to do for a quarterback. Like, yeah, that's that's what you got to do. And if there's one knock against him, he's kind of a pin, penny pinching tight ass. Like, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's the main thing I would say is his down might be his downfall was that he was trying to save a lot of money for a guard. But (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so let's get on to some of the 49er long shots that I have. So we all seen what D'Amico Ryans can do as a uh, defensive coordinator. Obviously, if this keeps going by the end of the season, he's going to be courted by many, many suitors to be a head coach. And the one open head coach position currently is the Carolina Panthers. You know? You don't think Steve Wilkes is going to keep that job? (laughs) (laughs) Well, D'Amico Ryans is plus 950 to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. There could be a correlation with the fact that he, you know, the fact that he's fired during the 49ers game when the defense looked really, really good and being the next Carolina coach. I mean, it's sort of, it could have been sort of an audition, you know, they could look at it. They wanted Jimmy too. They only didn't take Jimmy uh, because of the timing of the, uh, the shoulder surgery. Like they came out and said that, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, the Commanders, they had more details to it, but the the Panthers were right behind them. They were trying to, they were in talks to have a sweet deal just like the Commanders were. Exactly. So look look at, you know, plus 950 to get D'Amico Ryans, you know, as the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. You know, not bad return. $10 gets you 95 if that one hits. You know, like I said, bet responsibly. Don't go betting everything you own on these long shots. But that's what I got for North Carolinas. And, Dan, we've talked about how historic the Niners' defense is and how it could lead them to a Super Bowl. If they really continue on the pace that they're going, they could have one of the best defenses of all time that could lead them to a Super Bowl. I still got them at plus fourteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. Like you can, I mean, before they start maybe winning a bunch of games and the odds go down, or they start betting on them. I mean, we watch them every week, we talk about them every week, we've been following them, and especially this defense. You know, we've talked about you know week to week how good this defense is. This defense is good enough to lead Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers to a Super Bowl, and you can get them for plus 1,400 at Bavada right now, probably some other books too. 
I mean, that's kind of what we did in 2019 when we still had DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. We kind of, that's kind of what we did back then too. We just coasted on that defense also. I, I guarantee you after Atlanta, they'll probably still be 1400. If we beat Kansas city, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet that they'd go below a thousand. I, I would not be surprised if they went, they finally went under a thousand, uh, if we beat Kansas City, because Atlanta's not going to change that dial at all if we beat them. Yeah, of course. Like, if you go out there and show up against Atlanta, you're not, you go out and shut down Mahomes, I mean, your odds are going to go up. That's why plus 1400 now, you know, you can get it. You can get them while it's good. $10 gets you 140 bucks for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. I mean, geez, I might, honestly, I might, <laughs> I might, <laughs> I might do that now before, well, I got an extra week. I got an extra week because um, I'll have to I'll consult the significant other because I don't want her to think this is going to spiral into something. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I, it's I like always those... tough having that conversation. Like, babe, I, I, I'd like to bet a little bit of money on this game. You know, you have to come up with the terms and the agreements and, you know, exactly. to make sure. Exactly. And I, I'm not, and I'm not usually a gambling person. I like seeing odds and stuff, but like I don't know, of all the vices I've indulged in, in in my personal vices, like one of them's not gambling, surprisingly, unless it's the slot machine or you get me in front of a racetrack, which doesn't happen too often. Because not gonna lie, I do enjoy a good race, like a horse well, racer. <laughs> I like a good bet. I like a good bet. I've always liked a good bet, you know. But I do, you know, I bet responsibly. My wife and I have agreements, you know, and honestly, I've never bet so much that I've lost anything significant in my life. I once lost a hundred. That's good. I I once lost $300 in Atlantic City in less than an hour, and I quit for the day. I literally quit for the day. My mom offered. It would have been Atlantic City. (laughs) Yeah. At Blackjack, $25 a hand Blackjack. I don't know why I got myself into that. Oh my God. <laughs> but like I had 300 bucks going at $25 a hand at blackjack. I don't know why I did that, Jesus but literally I, I lost $300 in an hour. My mom offered, my mom offered to say, Oh, I'll give you more money. I'm like, no mom, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go back to that, that table. I'm obviously off. I said, Nope, Good. I'm not going to do it. So I've Good always, call. I've always had the wherewithal to know my limits. I also lost a hundred dollars playing poker at the hard rock in Tampa. Um, I lost a hundred bucks, got up, went home. Didn't have, didn't feel the need to go back in or get more money or anything like that. So I've always been a responsible gambler. And of course, gamble responsibly that, I mean, I give you long shots because you bet a little bit of money, you get a big return. You know, that's, that's the goal, you know? Right. And, you know, I mean, we. I told. I remember. I came back in the Super Bowl. I told you the bet. You know, ten dollars on plus nine fifty for Odell Beckham to to score the first touchdown. He was the guy that scored the first touchdown. You know, and yeah. so I mean, that's the point. Like the long shots are, are long plays. You're gonna have to bet. You're gonna have to bet out. That's where I like. That's where I like to do because, you know, I've. I felt like I've always had a knack for it, but I've never been able to make money off of it. And so, you know, now that gambling is so easily accessible now, like, and now I can make money off of it, I'm learning to see what I can do and what I can't. And, but I've always liked long odds. Um, 
you know, predicting winners and things like that. You know, FYI, it's sunny in Philadelphia right now with the fact that the Eagles are 5-0. and The Phillies have won their first playoff series. And just so you know, at the beginning of the season, I took the Phillies plus 1,500 to win the National League and plus 3,000 to win the World Series. And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe that pays off. So, but, I mean, it's fun to bet a little bit of money on a long odd because you're just so much more into it than if you're just like, oh, I think he's going to win the MVP or I think this team is going to win at the beginning of the season. If you have a little bit of money in it, and you, you watch your odds go up. Plus, another cool thing about casinos nowadays is that if you bet a long shot like this and it pays out big, guess what? They'll offer you a cash settlement before it hits. So you can cash out on your bet now um, before it hits, and so you can get guaranteed money not having to worry about whether it'll hit. So, I mean, gambling's come into the future. I love it. You know, um, but yeah, bet a little money, talk to your significant other, see if she'll let you take the 49ers to win the Super Bowl plus 1400, just $10, $10 down gets you 140 bucks at the end of the season. I dig it, dude. I, and I love honestly having these every single week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, like honestly, that's kind of, I, I'm going to withhold asking where the bucks are. Even though that's kind of a weekly gag of mine, I'll just look for it myself because I know they're way, way better than, or their their bets are way higher. Well, I, than. I think I can check right now. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Futures. I, sw- I swear to God, if they're under, if they're still like at eight hundred, I know. I know they did just beat the Falcons, but you beat the Falcons, whoop de doo. Like <laughs> you should have beat the Falcons with Mike Evans back. You don't see uh, it on there. Uh. NFC Championship. I don't think NFC. It just says they're plus. They're plus six hundred to win um, the NFC, but the 49ers are plus five hundred now. Oh, okay. At least we're okay. You're ahead they, of them, so you're probably ahead of them in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Let me see if I can type in Super Bowl. They definitely should be a thousand at least instead of six hundred, but I don't. That's fine. We're we're ahead of them now, so that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it. I think the Super Bowl has been taken off the board because you have you have the Kansas City Chiefs playing right now, so that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. If we're a little late to that kickoff, but um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I love those. I love those long shots. Uh, we are going. A little bit over time that we can do but i mean by fault i definitely had to go on that right tangent there for a little bit but anyway uh let's go ahead and wrap this up guys we've said a thousand times we're going to be at atlanta next sunday it's going to be a uh one o'clock kickoff right it's going to be i have had the schedule right here it's a yeah there it is <laughs> i have everything in order it's going to be a 1 30 kickoff west coast time uh, oh, nope, that was Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> On the 16th, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff East Coast time. That's 10 o'clock West Coast time. Again, we're at Atlanta. James, where can everybody reach out to us in the meantime? Well, everybody, if you want to go to Patreon and uh, get instant access to our podcast, you can go to patreon.com backslash Niner Nuts. Uh, $5 gets you instant access to uh, the show. You'll get it as soon as it record- records and is downloaded 
onto uh, onto um, Patreon. Get it instantly so you don't have to wait till Wednesday when it comes out. Uh, we also have a couple of other tiers where you get to be a guest on the show. Uh, one comes with one guest appearance, one comes with two guest appearance, and both those tiers come with also Niner Nuts apparel. Um, so if you want to support us um, and uh, you know donate a little bit to us, and so that you know we have money to buy beer, um, you can uh, reach us at Patreon. If you want our apparel, uh, you just Google Niner Nuts Apparel. Go to Bonfire.com. Currently, we have Niner Nudge t-shirt apparels on there, plus vote Dan Snyder out. Um, as you know, Dan Snyder is blaming everything on Bruce Allen now. So if you want to let the NFL know how you feel about Dan Snyder, you can purchase those vote Dan Snyder out shirts. And not only do you purchase them, but 100% of the proceeds go to D.C. Human Trafficking Recovery Center's uh, and so that's where our donations go to. We're not making a dime on those T-shirts. All the proceeds will go to DC Human Trafficking Centers. You can reach out to us on Niner Nuts on Twitter. Um, if you want to email us, uh, email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. Also, if you write a five-star review on Apple, let us know through the email so that we can read your five-star review on the air. Also, if you leave it on Spotify or any other platform and you want to let us know that you left a five-star review, email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. That way we can know that you gave us a five-star review. You write it in the email. We'll read it on the air. Dan, did you have anything else that you'd like to say? Just, I don't know. Keep your head high, E-Man. You played amazing in five games. Uh, just things will work out for you. You're too talented to to stay down. You're going to bounce back next year and finally make a Pro Bowl. And uh, don't feel too bad for Matt Rule because he's going to get a little north of $9 million for the rest of this year and the next four years after that if he doesn't take another job. So, hey, maybe... I don't know. I don't feel too bad for him for making for not making Carolina any better because he's literally stealing their money. <laughs> very good, very good. And guys, we like to thank Daniel Mayer and Mayor Creative for our logo, outro music, River Road, Justin Muth. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song, River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.